Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your city upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. All right. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the podcast. This is the Grace for This City podcast. I'm your host, Justin. Hey, we're helping you turn your cities upside down. How are we doing that? Well, we're giving you scriptural motivation and strategies so you can get out there and get some stuff done for your king, King Jesus, that is. And I'm telling you, he's the best one to be working for. And something we say here often on the podcast is, look, he's calling you. He's recruiting you right now. He wants to put you right in the middle of where the action is. Listen, 2017, I prayed this prayer. I mean, I've been following the Lord close. I've been involved, uh, you know, serving him and church things and um, and kingdom things, you know, my entire life. Um, obviously, there was a point where I really drilled down on serving him. But in two, 2017 was another one of those moments where I said, God, I don't want to be out on the left or out on the right. I'm going to be right in the middle of what you're doing. And little did I know, uh, what that prayer, what the result, the the answer to that prayer was going to look like and be. But I'm telling you, it's been phenomenal. And the Lord will lead you. He'll lead you right into the very center of where you need to be, of where you're graced, where you're called, where you're anointed, where you're appointed. And uh, pray pray that prayer, friend. Use your own words, but pray that prayer. Say, God, I want to be right in the middle of what you're doing. I want to be right in the middle of what you've called me to do. And I'm telling you, be ready for the adjustments because he's going to bring them He's going to get you into the best place. Hallelujah. But he's calling you into where the action is. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Father, for it. So uh, don't delay, friends. Go after Jesus today. Hey, we're going to jump right into the podcast. And um, I'm going to do uh, talk a little bit about some things that have been on my heart for some time. We've been ministering uh, at the church, Grace City Church in Harrison, Arkansas. We've been ministering along these lines for several weeks now. And uh, the Lord put this thought on my mind, uh, on my heart some time back. And uh, it was this, this thought of the strategy of humility, the strategy of humility. And I want to talk about that on the podcast today. And there's an end game, friend. There is an end game. And uh, the Lord is doing something right now. Uh, and this is where you need to inquire of him. What are you doing, Lord? What are you saying, Lord? And if you will inquire of him, he will share with you what is going on in the spirit realm and where in his activities are you to be located. And one thing that he's doing is he is bringing us into glory. There are three major metaphors in the New Testament. There is the metaphor of the building. Uh, several scriptures say you are Christ's building, so we are the temple. Okay, so that's that's the building. There was two temples, basically. There was the um, tabernacle. There was Solomon's temple. And now the one in the New Testament uh, that he plans to fill with his glory is the temple of our hearts. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost, and God plans to fully uh, envelop and fill up our temples with his presence and with his glory. And the pattern in the Old Testament was there was revelation of the, of the blueprints. Build the temple like this. Moses got it and David got it by the Spirit. And then they set to work at building according to the blueprints. 
Then the Bible says in both instances that when the building was complete, that the glory filled it. And that's what's happening now. We are Christ's building. There's a temple being built. We are that temple being built. There has been blueprint level revelation knowledge on how to build according to the pattern. And once that is fully built, what's interesting is Jesus is both the cornerstone and the capstone. The Hebrew word is, is the Rosh Panah, and it's, it simultaneously means cornerstone and capstone. So Jesus was the first element that had to be uh, revealed, and that's upon that revelation is what we're building upon. And then he's also going to finish the building as well. And when that occurs, there'll be a great glory demonstration. We are nearing completion. The second major metaphor uh, would be the bride. And as a bride goes into preparation, if you want to look at Esther as just a simple example, there were six months or longer of special preparations for what? For presentation to the king. And so that's what's happening now. And there is a great glory uh, that is developing and will come upon the presentation of the bride. And then the third major metaphor in the New Testament is the body. And then Ephesians t says in reference to that, that gifts have been given uh, so that th the body can be developed and edified and matured uh, till, okay, so that work is in progress still, okay? A lot of people that don't believe in a progressive um, developing uh, totally miss the uh, clear in indicators of that being the case. Number one, the, the glory of the Lord hasn't filled the temple yet. Uh, the bride hasn't been presented yet. And till we've not come to the full pattern or stature of Jesus yet. Uh, let me mute my phone. There we go. But um, that is happening now. And so we are coming into the fullness and the stature of Christ himself. That's the body. So that's the metaphor of the body. Well, all three of them have been in a progressive development. There's been a growth and a maturing and a building up of these. Well, guess what? The time in which you and I live is the time in which uh, the Bible calls it the fullness of the times, or another way we could say it is the maturing of the times. Uh, all these things are coming into their completed state. Now, I don't know how far, you know what I mean? I'm uh, That revelation I don't have. Um, somebody's getting it in the body of Christ, and soon you and I will have a greater um, perspective of the timing here. But with this we do know is that we're coming into the finishing of these works. Now, this doesn't contradict the finished works of Christ Jesus. What happens is some people will dismiss like the coming glory because they say, well, we have everything in Christ. Well, Galatians 4 says that we're kept under stewards and guardians until we can come into the faith or until the time appointed by the Father. And there are seasons that are appointed. There is a timeline that uh, certain things happen within these appointments. And uh, what we have in Christ, as far as the finished works go, is our salvation. Through Christ, you can be born again. And when you're born again, you're in the oikos or the family, okay? But once you're in the family, then there's a development of those things. Your salvation by right of birth has caused you to be an heir of everything, but an heir doesn't receive everything until he's able to maturely, uh, uh, until he enters the season of maturity where he's now able to walk out some of these things. For example, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And uh, But if the Lord was to give you the unlimited 
uh, if that reality wasn't, um, uh, let's see, how do I say it? If, if your tongue, if there was no restrictions on that law, if some of the power wasn't held back from you, you would have done great damage with your tongue. Uh, while we would all espouse to doing only good things, the reality is, is while we're immature, we would have done bad things if the power was completely turned up on our tongue. Uh, our road rage would have killed thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people. But there is a time coming to where we are entering into a stage of maturity where now Father can trust us with the demonstration of these things. It is a, uh, it is a protection uh, that you and I have not been able to walk in an unlimited reality of some of these things. That doesn't contradict the finished works of Christ Jesus. As far as your healing is concerned, anybody can get their healing at any time. That's, that's, that's not part of this. Uh, your salvation, there are several things that are afforded to you because of the finished works of Christ Jesus, which provided now for your access into the kingdom of God. The finished works of Christ allowed for you to come into the kingdom and begin to grow. Righteousness is a process of teaching. We're being educated. We're being schooled. We're being taught now the right way of doing and being. The Bible says grace teaches us. Well, when you come into the kingdom, you come into the kingdom as an immature baby and you begin to grow. Hallelujah. But if you want to look at this on the macro or the 30,000 foot view, this thing has been, uh, has been being developed since the birth of the church 2,000 years ago, and we're coming in now into a season of maturity. Remember, Jesus said that the wheat and the tares will grow up together. Listen, things have to grow up. That's the idea of the kingdom. Things will grow up. So there is a coming glory. I said all that to uh, say that there is a coming glory. I know a lot of people, they really diminish that. And they say, well, there's nothing greater than what we're already experiencing. Well, yes, there is, because you go from faith to faith. I mean, that's biblical ignorance, right? Right? right there, to think that somebody just born again is all they're going to experience is just that right there. No, no, no. Uh, glory to glory, faith to faith, grace upon grace. We've not demonstrated the synergy of all the graces. You and I have not demonstrated the faith upon faith. There is a synergy upon that working, a building upon. You and I have not demonstrated yet because we've not entered into uh what Father has planned to reveal to us. In fact, the whole entire book of Ephesians is about this mystery that was hidden, but yet was going to be revealed, and there was going to be an accessing of the manifold wisdom of God. It is biblical ignorance to think that what you and I have now is all there is. No, this is the amazing thing uh, about God. In fact, uh, Paul said this. Let me give you this just to supplement what I'm saying. Uh and the reason why I'm, I'm doing this is because God is wanting to do something, but our refusal uh, to believe that God has something in store that nobody's seen yet, I mean, to me, it's a privilege uh, to view it that, that way, but many people are um, stuck, stuck in their own little ponds, and all they think God is doing is what they're, what they're doing. Like, God is inviting us, come on, to stay with him, to follow him, to stay with the movements of the spirit. And you and I are living in, in, into times 
in which there will be such a great demonstration of the manifold wisdom of, 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 of uh, God. When the manifold wisdom of God is given to us, we have access to greater wisdom, then there's a greater demonstration of the things of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Uh, but let me give you this one. Uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians and in chapter 2, Paul, well, we, we, we found out in chapter 3, 1 Corinthians 3, that Paul was going to the Corinthians church and he intended by way of the Spirit to speak to them as spiritual people. Well, he, came, he comes up to, up to them and he realizes, look, I can't communicate to you as spiritual because you're not. You're, you're acting like mere men, just carnal, carnality, okay? And this carnality, this fleshiness has limited what I'm able to uh, get over to you, all right? Now, that's a lesson in and of itself there that the more you put the flesh down, the more access you have to come up higher, right? You, you can't hang on to the things of the flesh and then come up to a spiritual place. He said, no flesh can glory in my presence. That has to be put under so that you can come up higher in a spiritual place and you'll hear and see things you would not have had access to if you stayed down in carnal things. That's what Paul tells him in 1 Corinthians 3. We'll back up into chapter 2 and we find, we find out this that he was only able to go back to the ABCs. This is why he said uh, that I just preached Christ and him crucified. While that is a phenomenal foundational teaching, it is elementary principles. It's ABCs, it's one, two, three, it's milk to help the uh, babies in Christ, the immature ones in Christ get along and grow up and uh, position themselves to go on into what he said he would have rather communicated, and this is verse six, he said, however, the wisdom of God is for the mature. This is, this is what he says here, verse six. He said, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. But he says, but I came to you, and while the Spirit wanted to bring you further, the reality was you had to go back to the ABCs. And guess what the ABCs was? Christ and him crucified. He's basically saying, look, you've, there's so much carnality going on. There was so much, uh, there's such a flesh fest going on. You've got to go back to the cross. Well, why do you have to go back to the cross? Because that flesh and its passions and its desires has to die. If you're going to go on into spiritual things, the flesh has to die. And uh, so there's a progression, all right? It's faith to faith. It's glory to glory. It's grace upon grace. It's strength to strength. Those, those are all scriptures um, that tell us that our, our spiritual development is progressive. There is no born again. Um, there is no born again believer on the face of the earth that day two, okay, that they are eating the meat. No, the Bible says that you have to ha feed them the milk of the word so that they may grow. And then when they grow, there's a time appointed by the Father where then uh, meat now becomes the revelatory food that Father begins to feed to his people. Hallelujah. And that's where we want to go. We want to go. Praise God for the cross. I am not diminishing that or demeaning that in any way. Um, but there's a place for the ABCs. There's a place for the milk, but then there's also a place for the meat of the word, uh, where Father wants to say, look, it's time to come up into maturity where I can give you keys now. 
if you're going to stay an immature, if you're going to stay an infant, uh, I can't give you the keys. But if you come over here and you desire to grow spiritually, if, if you desire spiritual things, he said, I'll grow you up in them. Hallelujah. Praise God for that. So there's a strategy here. And the strategy is the glory. The work that you and I are doing right now pertains to the glory. And uh, there's a passage in Joshua that gives us um, biblical hints uh, that points us in the right direction. And here they were told to let the Ark of the Covenant cross through the waters of the Jordan, come out on the other side, but it was to lead them by 2,000 cubits. Well, 2,000 cubits, 2,000 years. It's our time now. It's the body's time now to follow after the head and to go into the place of glory now. And so that's what's happening. We're maturing, and there's going to be a great demonstration of the manifold wisdom, a great demonstration of the things of the Spirit, a great demonstration of the sons of God. Remember Romans 8? The creation is groaning for the revealing of the sons. The word there is huios. It means maturity. And uh, the earth is groaning for those that really know how things work in the spirit. Now, I'm not claiming that I know everything, but we are hungering and thirsting after. We are knocking on that door. We are asking and petitioning for the revelation knowledge of the greater works. Healings, uh the gifts of the spirit as far as like elementary functions, uh, but, but healings and uh, miracles and things like that. Um, yeah, these are all happening and they're going to grow and they're going to increase. Uh, but there is also, there is also, I just thought of this thing. Uh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Um, there was a lady and right now her name slips me. But one of our spiritual mamas, Brenda Kruko, was telling us this story. There was a lady that um, the Lord used her in separating conjoined twins. They were conjoined at birth. And there was several ministers uh, who um, wanted to know uh, kind of the details, the the inside details of how the Lord used her. What was the instructions of, of the Lord? What were the uh, steps that the Lord led her in in order to see this great miracle of these conjoined twins being separated supernaturally? Well, so they invited this lady to a luncheon. There were several pastors there, and they got to the point where the Spirit of the Lord began to move in amongst this luncheon. And uh, uh, as the story goes, that she was about to, the, the Lord was just about to disclose, come on, how things work in the spirit. He was, he, he was just about to let these men in on how that took place. And she was just about to start talking. And one of the guys around the uh, lunch table uh, turned away from her and lift, lift, lifted up his hand and called for the waitress she was close by, called for the waitress and said, hey, I need some more water. And the lady tells this story that when that happened, she said, and I'm going to paraphrase because I don't remember the exact wording, um, but the lady said, you know what? You cared more about your water than about the secrets of the Lord. And she said, the Lord will not allow me to share how that happened. Listen, what am I saying? 
is there are elementary operations and then there are levels. I don't know if that's the right word, but there is a greater, uh, there is a maturing of these same operations. Some people uh, just act on the word, praise, praise God, you can lay hands on, on the sick, but, but, but sometimes there is a way things work in the spirit and you are not going to get that intimate knowledge if you stay carnal or fleshy or in the immature things. There are a lot of new believers that are laying hands on the sick according to Mark chapter 16, okay, according to James. Uh, uh, you know, they are believing the word of the Lord, but I'm saying there is a development of how things work in the spirit. But God is not disclosing to those that are more interested in natural, fleshy things. Some things, some knowledge of how things work in the spirit um, are mysteries that only the mature are trusted with. Hallelujah. And I'm saying, look, praise God for this one level of demonstration. But there's another level of demonstration. And our work has to do with the mature things of God. And there is a great price we must be willing to pay in order to have Holy Spirit reveal those things to us. It's available for anybody who will simply consecrate themselves to it. Remember what uh, Joshua told the uh, people, listen, we're going the way of glory, but guess what you have to do? You have to consecrate yourself. Hallelujah. You must consecrate yourself. And so it's available to anybody who will go low enough. And I've just said, Lord, man, Okay, what, what's required? Just, just help us, help us, Holy Ghost. What's required to get on up into these greater works? And uh, there are works, and then there are greater works. And there's a lot of people staying down in some of the works um, because, you know, it's just, it's just part, you know, you can access these works, but then there are some who, even though it's available for everybody to grow up into these things, um, there are some who won't get on into them because they choose to remain more connected with the flesh or with carnality. All right. So the strategy is the things of glory. That's our work, friends. And if you wake up today and you go, what do I need to be doing? Well, I'm telling you, um, according to John chapter four, Jesus is going to reveal to you what the work is. And remember uh, in Matthew, was it Matthew 11? The other revelation is you're invited into work. You don't choose your work and then say, Jesus, you pay me for the work that I choose to do. No, we're invited into his work. And the work is connected in the season. John 4 says that I sent you to reap. I sent you to reap. So one part there, if you just want to take it contextually, he didn't send, send them to sow, he sent them to reap. And if you're sent to reap, but you want to sow, then you're doing the wrong work. So the time in which you are placed speaks to your work. And then Jesus assigns your particular work that's in conjunction with the timing. And we are an, a, in a period of time to where there is a work associated with the time and its glory. All right. Now the strategy is humility. Listen to this in Proverbs 15, 33. Uh, in the Passion, it says, don't expect to see Shekinah glory until the Lord sees your sincere humility. Listen, the, the, <laughs> the glory. <laughs> ah, we've had glory. And uh, 
you know, somebody said the other day that um, there's the hope of glory in these earthen vessels. Well, see, that's one element. There's another glory, and it's been called different things. Uh, it's been called overshadowing glory. I call it occasionally the matching grant. Deep, the glory within you, calls unto deep, which is what? The glory of the presence of the Lord that will come and um, just completely overshadow a thing. For example, let me give you a scripture. It says, where two or more are gathered, there I am in the midst. Well, what's the connection? Well, is he there when you are by yourself? Well, sure, he dwells in you. But see, there's something added or additional when two or more are gathered. See, there are um, a measure of an overshadowing glory or an additional glory where the presence of the Lord is. Listen, this is something that you and I don't experience every day. Um, but we're coming into times or a season or a demonstration because of the fullness of the time where this overshadowing glory, where the visibleness of his presence is going to be known in a way that it, it hasn't been. There's been pockets like uh, Azusa Street. And for example, um, the eyewitnesses, and there's been several eyewitnesses, they have their eyewitness testimony has been recorded. But at Azusa Street, it was phenomenal. But there were times or moments, I don't even know how to describe it, but where the Shekinah glory appeared. And there would be a flame, a pillar of fire. They've, they saw this. I mean, people not even born again witnessed this. The fire department at one time was called and members of the fire department came out and they, with their own natural eyes, they saw this pillar of fire that came up out of the Azusa mission, that building, that warehouse. And it went up about, I don't know what they said, somewhere around 50 maybe or 100 feet or so above the building. And then there was a pillar of fire that came down from the heavens and it met that pillar of glory coming up out of the building. And they know this to be true because at that point right here, at the point where the two pillars met, it bowed out. So you, uh, imagine if, if uh, yeah, imagine if there were two water hoses, say, and you were shooting them right at each other. Well, at the point that the two forces of water collided, there would be what? There would be expansion. There would be a, you know, it would go off in different areas. That's what they witnessed. What is that? This is what I'm saying. That even at Azusa, even though the the entire Azusa revival, the entire awakening that took took place there, there were moments where that Shekinah glory came, and then there were moments where that sh that that Shekinah glory wasn't there. And uh, but that's that matching grant. That's that overshadowing glory. What was the pillar of fire coming up out of the building? That was there deep. That was there. It was the glory within them that they had tapped into. The, their flesh was put aside and that glory was demonstrated. And that corporate, that corporate glory, that corporate anointing went up. And that deep call, remember, um, the Bible speaks of this like in Noah's flood, right? What happened? The, the deep, the ground 
opened up and let out the waters of the deep, the waters that were in the earth. And then the Bible says that the heavens opened up and the waters that were in the heavens came down. There was what? There was a meeting. There was a, a deep called unto deep. There was a matching glory. Okay. This is what our work is associated with. So while there is a glory within, there's something God's doing where he's saying, I'm going to again, I'm going to come down in such a way. I am going to manifest my glory in such a tangible way that it will have profound and far-reaching effects. This has been demonstrated at different times in the past, but what we're talking about is there no ebb to this. There's no ebb to it. This is what's going to sweep us on up. Hallelujah. This is our, this is our work. We're in the training for that. Uh, he's helping us right now get into the posture. Let me read this verse, Proverbs 15, 33 in, in the Passion. Don't expect to see the Shekinah until the Lord sees your sincere humility. Humility is the strategy for what? It's our end time strategy. Um, he said, um, I'm going to bring down the high things by what? The base or the lowly things. What is that? Humility. There's a going low that's going to provide its catalytic into the Lord being able to demonstrate himself mightily. Hallelujah. Um, thank you, Father. I think that Azusa reality right, right there is so profound. That's your kind of glory, you know, and whenever, like, whenever there was these moments where the presence of the Lord was in a measure that was unusual, um, abnormal. Um, you never knew when it was going to happen. It just happened. But when those moments were there, it was like it had sweeping reach, far reach. People two miles away would be swept under the glory. They'd, they'd fall out in the spirit two miles away. Uh, man, can you imagine that? I mean, it's phenomenal to think about. But that's what we're talking about. This is like that matching grant. This is that overshadowing glory. And you and I don't experience that every day. We have Christ on the inside. He's dwelling in us by way of the Holy Spirit. Um, and his finished work on the cross is what provided for you and I to be able to grow up. And it provided for God to be able to demonstrate himself through a people, come on, that were temples, uh, a body. Okay, look at the big picture. Uh, through a bride that could be bestowed upon such a glory, a body that could handle, hallelujah, this interaction. This is why we have to be in Christ Jesus. There's no other body that has the capacity for this level of glory. It's, it's Christ. It's in him, and it's in him we are able to, to have the capacity to withstand that level of glory. Uh, and then it's the temple. Uh, it's a different kind of temple, different than anyone that's ever been on the face of the earth, but it's that temple that has the capacity, come on, to withstand that level of glory. Now, if you go back to the tabernacle and the temple, you know how they knew that the Lord was present? See, there's there's been other temples, but they knew that the Lord wasn't present because there was no... Pillar of fire. 
Um, whenever the Lord was present, there was a pillar of fire that could be seen for miles. I mean, absolute miles. There are several um, great renderings. There are artistic renderings, 3D animations or drawings, whatever, where, where they show this pillar of fire that comes down from the heavens and uh, uh, doesn't consume anything. Uh, but what is it? it? It was his presence. I mean, that pillar of fire was like, that was his presence. That's what we saw, or not, I wasn't there, but that's what they saw in Azusa. It was such a demonstration. Now, listen, if you were outside during those, during those times, you'd be able to see that pillar of fire. That's, that's why the, the fire department was called. I don't know how many times, but at least once. And uh, here, here, here were these people that were, were not even born again, and they, here they are seeing this pillar of fire. I mean, it's like, it's phenomenal. Now, the people in Azusa, they said that whenever that happened, it happened more than once, but whenever that happened, whenever that fire came up out of the building and then the fire from the heavens met it, that's when some of the most spectacular miracles happened. Well, what is that saying? That's saying that there is a level, come on, somebody, come on, there is a level and a demonstration of how things work in the spirit that you just don't get outside of that level of glory. Now, listen, we're so thankful for the, the miracles, the healings, you know, body aches, headaches, this and that. But I'm saying there is a level, there is a demonstration of the spirit that, 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 that is a result of glory. And uh, some, sometimes we don't see those levels, those demonstrations without that level of glory. And usually that level of glory is accompanied, come on, with a consecrated heart. There is a purity and a humility present, come on, present in the people. You know, I was hearing, hearing a story, um, you know, of uh, this, this guy that was doing some uh, missionary work in uh, another country. And, you know, and these, these people, you know, in this particular country, they are inundated with the reality of demonic things. I mean, it, it is so out there. there. There are things happening in this earth that a lot of people, uh, you know, that would include some in my audience, but, but I'm just generally talking about people in the West. We are so uh, amused, amused. We are so entertained. We are trapped in these fantasy worlds. And this delusion and so much fantasy, we don't even almost believe the reality of good and evil and dark and light and heavenly activity and demonic. We're just amused and entertained and delusioned. But that's not, that's not so in a lot of other parts of the world. It is, it is what it is. It is out there. Well, Anyways, this guy was in this particular country, and there was such a demonstration of the power of God be, because when the light broke into this just blatant darkness, there was no, there was no question that God was present, and there was such a fear, like the fear of the Lord so gripped these people 
amazing demonstrations. I mean, stuff happened that even if I tried to tell you now, you probably wouldn't even believe it. I, 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 but, I, but see, that's, that's the problem. We're numb. And this is why, friends, we have to go low. We've got to be reacquainted with the base and the foolish things of God. We've got to go low. Our pride has blinded us to what God wants to do. Now, it's not blinded everybody. Praise God. And this is, this is what I'm saying. There are those that see clearly. I want to be in that company. I want to be on the forefront of what God's doing. There are going to be many who are just going to absolutely miss out. It's not because God doesn't want them involved. He, he wants to use everybody, but he can't use everybody. He wants to use everybody. Everybody's called, but few are chosen. God's just not arbitrarily going, eh, I choose you, but not you. No, no. What, what, what that saying is many are called, everybody's called, but few respond. Why? Because sometimes the cost of response is, 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 is high. It's high. But if you want to be in the forefront of what God's doing, then you're going to be willing to pay the cost. And I'm telling you, part of that cost is you've got to go low. Humility is a strategy. And this is why the Lord's saying, don't be ignorant. Hello, I'm inviting you into this. Here's Right here's the strategy. What is it? Go low. Go as low as you can. Humility. Humble yourself, man. What are the sacrifices of the Lord? These things he will not despise. What is it? Contriteness, brokenness. Now, we're not saying brokenness as in, you know, a lot of people get confused over that. We're not saying brokenness like, you know, this worthless, shattered piece of whatever. No, 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 no. He's not saying you got it to just shatter into a million pieces where now you're not even usable. And we say, well, the Lord repairs. No, that's, that's really not what he's talking about. I mean, the Lord can repair. I mean, he can take broken pieces and put you back together. I, we get that. But no, no, what he's saying is you, you are low. I mean, you are, you're a base. You're saying, God, wow. I mean, you know, it, it's, you just, you, you want to get your face in the ground and say, God, thank you. You are holy. You are pure. There, there's a fear, friends, that you and I need to ask for a revealing of. Hallelujah. We become too common with, with things. And, uh, that's going to that's going to work against us. Hallelujah. We're not, and and I want to say, well, you're not afraid of the Lord. Well, it's a frightful thing. That's what the Bible says. Um, you know, He doesn't give us the spirit of fear. No, He's not giving us the spirit of fear. But there is a reverence of Him uh, that He would love to give you. <laughs> it's not the spirit of fear. But I'm telling you, there is an awakening that He would love for you to know of him and it's not to scare you and it's not to run you off it's a reality check so that you can go low so that he can come and lift you up hallelujah oh friends he that has an ear let him hear let him hear hallelujah hallelujah we ask for that father we ask for that we ask for that and um Hey, let me throw this in as a freebie, but you and I have to get better at repenting. Remember that passage of Scripture that says that um, he that says he has no sin is lying? Well, it's not that, um, uh, it's not that you and I um, 
are in the same position as somebody that is a sinner uh, who has the nature, right, the fallen nature. You and I are born again, but even though we're born again, we can misstep, and we need to keep ourselves current with the Lord. I was, Miranda was sharing with me this story the other night, and uh, it was this particular minister who says, who said that right there, that he every, every, every day he's got to keep his relationship current. And he was sharing the story of when he was back in college and the presence of, of the Lord came. And, it, and it, all he could do was get on his face. And he said, next thing I knew, he said, I was confessing sins. <laughs> oh man, I have experienced that God. Thank you. And it was like when he realized what what he was doing, he's like, man, I am confessing sin. And and here's what the Lord ministered to him later. It it wasn't that he wasn't born again, but as a born again believer, he had dipped back into some of the things of the world. And when the presence of the Lord came, that awe, that holiness, that purity, that cleansing. <laughs> light, you know, it began to expose the accumulated, come on, the accumulated unrepented sins in his life. And it's like one of the first things that it, it wasn't even, how do I say this? I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but the way I understood what this minister was saying was it wasn't even cognitive. His spirit, his spirit, man, not the natural mind, but his spirit man just began to confess these things so that he could receive his cleansing. Remember, it says that the Father is what? He's faithful and just to do what? Forgive us of our sins. Listen, what I'm referring to was writ written to born-again believers. For some reason, Christians, believers, disciples, they don't think that they do any wrong or that they have to repent of anything. Listen, we're not talking about your nature. You're born again, but you can still get back into garbage. But guess what? He's faithful to do what cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And when the presence of, of the Lord came in that room so strong, his spirit knew exactly what to do. He had to get that stuff off of him so that he could entertain the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen, friend, you and I need to do some, it's not even soul searching. You and I need to ask Holy Spirit. We're, we're not going to get this done in, in the realm of the soul. There are some things that will be dealt with in the realm of the soul, but you're not going to get this done mentally. You're not going to get this done soulishly. You can't go where you need to go in the flesh. It can only be done by the Spirit. But you and I need to ask Holy Ghost now. See, it's the strategy, right? It's it's the buildup to what? Our work. And he's preparing us for our work now. You and I need to live clean. You and I need to live pure. Hallelujah. Just thank the Lord. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Father. He's drawing us right now to a place of cleansing so that we can be about our Father's business. And we, we just need to yield to it. We just need to yield to it. It's, it. it's about exposing, but not for harm, for usability. Thank you, Father. I just sense the presence of the Lord right now in my studio. Hallelujah. I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful.
He's inviting us, friends, into such a demonstration. You and I are going to see things. Oh, man. Hallelujah. And you know what? There's been people in different times who have been used mightily of the Lord. But you and I aren't just going to have to just read about these folks. You and I are invited. Some of them have gone ahead of time. Like they they were, the Lord honored them. Let me say it like that. The Lord honored them to be able to see, come on, in the Spirit, things which were to come. Remember what Holy Spirit said, or what Jesus said about Holy Spirit in John 14, 15, 16, that whole passage, passages there. What's the Holy Spirit's job? To reveal to you things. And some, some, hallelujah, prayer warriors, people who were involved in a particular work that would lead to another work, the Lord strategically has used people to say things, do things that all played into what he's doing now. And you and I are going to be walking in a harvest. You and I are going to be uh, reaping where we haven't sown. Others have sown into this time. Their work paid forward the work that you and I are doing now. And some have been honored and privileged to be able to see things that were to come. I mean, we've we've got uh, what we would say we would say generals, our elders, our spiritual elders, our spiritual fathers and mothers, they have been prophesying. Come on, see, because the Holy Spirit showed them something. He revealed to them what was to come, and they were able to prophesy to us, to help, to, to help us, right, to encourage us and to strengthen us when our hands would begin to bleed on the plow that we're working in now, that we would be strengthened with this hope. God's doing something. He's working on something. He's building to something. Stay at it. Hallelujah. Every generation, stay at it. Hallelujah. But they've been able to see. And so many of our spiritual uh, fathers and our spiritual mothers spoke of a time where God would be demonstrating himself mightily. We are to consecrate ourselves to that, that work. Again, let me just repeat myself. Humility is a part of that strategy. Humility is a part of that strategy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. 45 minutes. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. So one thing we're doing now is uh, leaning into, pressing into, going low. And um, the, the Lord said this to me once, do things that by their practice bring about humility. So, you know, and, and I don't even know how to drill into that practically because it's so relative, you know, it's different for everybody. But, but you need to ask the Lord, what are some of those things? It's like weightlifting, all right? You know, if you want to build some muscle, you've got to go find the appropriate resistance that will develop the muscle that you're wanting developed. And in humility, there's a particular routine. There's some resistance that you can ask the Lord, hey, uh, show me what I need to engage in that by its practice will develop humility in me. And um, it's probably going to be something you don't want to do. <laughs> I don't know what that is for you, but when the Lord reveals it, trust me, you're not going to want to do it, but that's just the flesh. But if you will do what the Lord shows you, Come on, that practice 
is going to develop humility in you. You're going to go low, and going low is the place God needs in order to pull down high and lofty things. You know, there's a strategy here even against the works of Antichrist, and you're, you know, that's that's a high and lifted up. They have a, a, a an inappropriate, excellent spirit about you know perception about themselves. They they they're high minded. And the Lord said, the, the only way to combat those things, the only thing that I can use to combat those things is the low or the base things. See, because the grace of the Lord, let's just go there. Maybe we'll find our finish here. But in James 4, 6, he says, he can give more grace. There's more grace to be had. Hello, we have not experienced all the graces there are, but I'm telling you, the appropriate grace is the latest grace. Okay, so there was the previous grace. This was what those in the last season worked with. But you and I have a different grace now. Now, it's a synergy. We're not doing away. It's grace upon grace. But what's latest or what's required is the latest grace. And when we mix the previous grace with, with the one God's given us now, there's something new. There's a synergy produced. That's what you and I have to work with. That's the grace. It's a combination. Uh, it's a synergistic revelation. That's what you and I have to work with. But it, so he's able to give more grace. And he says this, God resists the proud, but he gives what? Grace to who? The humble. Hallelujah. The humble get the grace. And he can't work, even if he wanted to. He's bound by his word now. Even if he wanted to use uh, you, if pride is found in you, he can't give you more grace. You got to go low. The lower you go, the more grace that comes on you. Um, because it's not us. Remember what Paul said. He he says not. It's not me. I mean, look at all this. Look at all these things that I was a part of. But he said it wasn't me. It was the grace that was upon me. He said that grace was not fruitless. It bore fruit. Hallelujah. Grace came on him. Now listen. Paul had to go low. He had to go low. Anybody who's used of God had to go low. If you want to be used in the high things, you've got to go low. If you don't like the current level of demonstration, guess what? You need more grace. Well, how do you get more grace? you got to go lower than you currently are. Now, great things have, have been going on here. Great things in the podcast. Great things in our church. Uh, as far as I know, nobody's complaining about anything. But do you want more? Do you want more? What about your church? Do you want more? What about your current uh, level? I don't know if that's the right word, but your current walk with 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 the Lord, things you've seen and heard, the level of revelation knowledge that you have. Well, do you do you want more? Do you want more? If the answer is yes, I want more, then the Lord says this: Go lower. I can't take you higher. If you don't go lower, the lower you go, the higher he can lift you up. All these great men and women of God who've done spectacular things, like that woman who was used by God to separate conjoined twins. Um, the reality is there was a low, there, there was a humility there. And I, I, I mean, I can think of people now, well, wasn't that prideful of her to not share how that is done in the spirit? No, no, no. No, it wasn't. 
because if you're more concerned about a glass of ice water than how things work in the spirit, guess what? You're not going to have the revelation of how things work in the spirit. You've got to go way lower than that. Hallelujah. Listen, I hope this has stirred up at least a hunger in you. The Bible talks about, um, let me get that verse. Do I have time to do this? Uh, let's see. Let me see if I can find it really quick. Oh, help me, Lord, help me. Ah, uh, what is this? 2 Corinthians 5.5. 5. Let me see if this is it. Well, this, this will probably work. I don't know if this is one I was thinking of here, but this will start us in the right way. 2 Corinthians 5.5 5, 5, 5 in the Message Bible says this, The Spirit of God whets our appetite by giving us a taste of what's ahead. Uh, yeah, that's not the one I was really thinking of, but it, it may work here. But here's what I'm trying to say. Is the Lord, allow the Lord to adjust what you hunger for. Allow the Lord to um, give you the desire to begin to eat of something different. What I'm saying is you might be comfortable with your level, with your reality. If you're a minister or ministry, hey, praise God, you're comfortable with the demonstrations that are there. But what if, what if you weren't as concerned with your glass of water and was more concerned with the level of demonstration? What if we were more hungry? No, we're not diminishing this. We're not saying that that's bad. But what if for a moment we could uh, not worry about our glass of water and tune in because Holy Spirit's about to take us to another level. I mean, God can't feed you beyond what, what you're hungry for. Hallelujah. He said, man, Justin, say, I can hear it. I can hear it now. I can hear the naysayers now. No, no, everybody's equal. No, no, they're not. No, they're not. Some have paid a higher price. Some, as Timothy tells us, some have cleansed themselves. And guess what? Guess what the master's done? He's positioned them into a place for his special purposes. Hallelujah. Now, all I'm saying is the invitation into that is just consecration. The invitation is to desire to be less fleshy and more spiritual. The invitation is, will you consecrate yourself from the latter? The invitation is, don't just stay comfortable with acting like mere men. Come on up to greater things. Hallelujah. And not judging anybody. Not thinking of anybody. Thinking about myself. I'm thinking about what the Lord's saying. He's calling all of us. Remember, at the very end, he said, you know, Revelation. He said, come up here. At the, at, at the end, okay, in the fullness of the times, the invitation is to come up. 
to a greater realm of glory. Hallelujah. Well, friends, I think I'm going to close the podcast here today. And so thankful. So thankful to the Lord. Wow, wow, wow. What amazing opportunities are upon us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, friend, thank you for tuning in. You have been listening to the Grace for the City podcast. Listen, we're helping you turn your city upside down. I just gave you some biblical motivation, some biblical strategy, and a biblical perspective. Hallelujah. To get you right in the middle of where you need to be. Oh, Father, thank you so much for helping us. Hey, listen, if we can help you in any way, it'd be our honor. If you need somebody to pray with you, we can do that too. Several ways to reach out to us. Call us 870-741-9099. Leave a message. Somebody get right back with you. You can email us, hello at gracecitychurch.tv, or you can snail mail PO Box 7, Harrison, Arkansas, 72602. Listen, don't, uh, don't stay out there alone, friend. Listen, where two or more are gathered, there he is. Don't give in to the strategy of the enemy of isolation. Come on, get involved somewhere. Get plugged into a good church, a great place where people value the presence of the Lord. And you say, well, how do you know if somebody values the presence of the Lord? It'll be in some, it'll be instinctive to go low. Hallelujah. Uh, let's see here. I want to say thank you to all the people who are partnering with the podcast. Thank you so much. Um, thank you so much for your financial support, and uh, in, in particularly combined in conjunction with your prayer support. Hallelujah. We invite everybody to partner with us through prayer. If the Lord would take you on to the next step and you sow a financial seed, we say thank you. And several ways you can do that. Go to the website, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give. There's a drop-down menu for the podcast there. You can text the give if you're in the United States, 84321, follow the prompts. Or you can snail mail a check, P.O. Box 7, Harrison, Arkansas, 72602. I want to say thank you to everybody who has participated in some way. Listen, if you pray for us, if you say, Lord, I want I want to partner with that podcast through, through, through prayer. I want to surround them with prayer. I'm going to pray that the podcast gets out to the nations, to the peop- the very people that it needs to get to, and or you financially support us. Guess what the Bible says? You share in the reward. Whatever the podcast accomplishes, you have a share in that. So thank you so much for doing that. Uh, and I guess that's, that's it. Praise the Lord. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, Be blessed.